I pray the richest blessings of the Lord upon you this morning. I am thankful to have the privilege to stand in this house this morning. God has been good to me. Amen. And I know he's been good to you as well. We are so delighted to have the privilege to be back home today. We have traveled many, many miles. It seems I don't know where the summer has went, but it has come and gone. And we have been everywhere. And, uh, but it's always good to be home. And we had a wonderful time in Water Valley, Kentucky this week. Camp meeting. They preached us to death. And we... Uh, uh, we was able to make it home yesterday, and we give God praise for, for that and thankful for what God has done in those meetings. And, but it's always good to be here at home and this morning. Allow me to just welcome our online audience this morning. May the Lord richly bless you today as well. So thankful that you have joined us this morning. We have people that join us faithfully every Sunday and every Wednesday, and uh, we are so grateful uh, for that this morning. I'm just going to get ready to get into the Word in just a moment, uh, but this morning I want you to be encouraged today because God is still in control. Amen? Amen. So those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. I'm going to just uh, get ready to dive in this morning. Those in the sanctuary, if you have your Bibles with you, I pray you do. Romans chapter number 8 this morning. Romans chapter number 8 is where we're going to be. We are do our best this morning to... Uh, share with you what the Lord has given us. Pray for us this morning. Uh, we have been preaching and teaching a lot, and uh, our, our voice, we're praying, remains strong. We're going for the next several, several days. We're going to be ministering multiple times every day. Uh, so please pray for us, if you would, that uh, the Lord would just continue to lead and guide and direct us as we are going to be traveling many, many, many miles uh, over the next several days, but uh, God is good, amen, and uh, we're so thankful for what he's doing at this season, but uh, for a few moments today, I'm going to just dive in, and if you'll stay with me this morning, we'll, we'll end well, all right, but uh, maybe a little more teaching at the beginning today, because I feel I feel like I'm on assignment this morning, that I feel like I need to speak into your life uh, in a manner that I hope will produce great fruit. Because can I tell you, the, the world is full of challenges. It's full of uncertainty. And when you start looking at what we've gone through over the last few years and in our nation as well as the nations of the world, it's, if we as honest this morning, we could say that it's be easy this morning to be distracted. It'd be easy to be discouraged. It'd be easy to be overwhelmed. And because uh, we are just human this morning. And, uh, but there is a place that we can walk in where we can rise above. And I believe if there's ever been a time that we needed to be walking in victory, we need to be walking in the strength of the Holy Spirit. It is now because there's a generation that God has entrusted into our care. And we need to make sure that when we exit this life, whether it be through the catching away of the church or whether it be by the way of the grave, 
that we leave something to a generation that they know who God truly is. Because can I tell you today, he is so much more than what we give him credit for if we're not careful. And today I want to take us back to the simplicity of the gospel for a few moments. Romans chapter number 8, beginning in verse number 1. If you're able, I'd ask you to stand for honoring the word of the Lord today. If you're not able, I understand. But Romans chapter number 8, beginning in verse number 1 through verse number 13 this morning. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Anybody in the room in Christ this morning? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, then you shall live. For a few moments today, I want to talk to you about a life of peace, a place of victorious living. But I want to say to you at the very beginning today, it is completely up to you if you decide to live in that manner. For a few moments today, I want to take us on a journey, but I'm going to focus on this passage of scripture as a whole, but there's one little place in it that I'm going to really focus today, and that's verse number six. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. I thank you for this privilege to stand in this sacred place. I thank you for the men and women of God in this sanctuary today and those that's joining us by way of technology this morning. Lord, I pray that you would anoint this vessel to speak that which you've birthed in my spirit. But Lord, let me speak it in love and compassion and humility. And Lord, I pray that they would not hear me today, but they would hear your voice and hear your heart and hear your word that brings life and freedom to all that will put their faith and trust in it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you for 
honoring the Lord. Anybody ever remember this old song? The only real peace that I have, dear Lord, is in you. With all life's frustration, I need you, and I know I do. There's one verse in that script or that song that simply says this Life is a few days of trouble, a wise man once said, but I'll not complain. For I'm sheltered, I'm clothed, and I'm fed. But many the trials, my wants, and my dreams put me through. And the only real peace that I have, dear Lord, is in you. Please hear me. You and I today need to understand that he is still our source and our strength. Even in difficult times such as this. Allow me to begin this morning by presenting you a question. You do not have to answer, but I'd like for you to answer it in your heart this morning. Have you been troubled lately? Have you been filled with unrest, uncertainty? Have you been in one to find it just hard to stay focused and function in the everyday things of life? If so, today I would ask you to awaken to what God is wanting to speak to us this morning. While there is much that we could pull from this passage of Scripture today, the one thing that I really want us to understand is that we have a choice. The Bible is very clear that it says that we are to choose each day whom we are going to serve. And we find that in Romans chapter 8, Paul is writing to you and I, as well as to the church, the Romans of that time, and he simply is telling them, he's saying, he's wanting them to understand that there was new converts and all kinds of things has come together. And he was saying, you need to understand the only thing that really matters is Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, after all of these years, there's still only one thing that really matters, and that's Jesus Christ. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In order for you and I to walk in the victory that God has for us today, we must first understand it is not able to be obtained until we are willing to submit ourselves to his prescribed order for our lives. Notice with me in Romans chapter number 6, I did not give them this verse this morning, but beginning in verse number 12, it says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For then sin shall not have dominion over you. There is a place of victory. There's a place of freedom. There's a place that you and I can live because of the work of Calvary. Paul was simply saying that we must understand that there is a prescribed order for your life. But it all begins by you becoming willing to yield or to submit yourself. Paul continues to write and says that to that which you yield to, that is what you become a servant to. 
The psalmist wrote in Psalms 37 and verse number 23, he said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his ways. Notice, to be ordered simply means that, that there is a certain set of precepts that one is to conduct their lives according to. And the Bible is very clear. It says that the steps of a good man are ordered, meaning this, uh, that God puts out a plan and then that man or that woman submits to that plan and begins to walk it out, not occasionally, but continually. And the thing about it is when someone decides to do that, then there begins to be the ability to delight in the way that you're walking. Can I tell you that a life of surrender will be evident by a walk of obedience? People can simply say, well, I'm trusting the Lord and, and I've given my, my all to him. But when your life is walking contrary to the word of God and disobedience, then I have to question that statement. The psalmist wrote a little later in his life in Psalms 119 and verse 133, he said, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. The psalmist was writing saying this, I know that if I'm going to walk in a place where I have life, where I have peace, where I have fulfillment, it is only if you are the one that orders my steps. And he was simply saying, Lord, I, I know that you've got me up to this point, but in order for me to go any further, I need you to give me some more direction. Uh, I need you to give me some more guidance in my life. Uh, can I tell you today, uh, we have to get back to where we understand uh, that it is his plan for our lives that is important. We do not have the ability to achieve life or peace by reaching a certain spiritual level that was created by man. It will never happen in our lives. Life and peace is only obtainable and available to those who choose to put their faith in the finished work of Calvary. The work of the cross and their willingness to decide to submit to it is what will bring about a fulfillment and a completeness in their life. I have traveled many miles this year. I've stood before many different groups of people, precious people, people that want God to do things in their life. But I have to be honest with you. I have never been in the presence of people in the house of God like I have this year that is so distracted and is still filled with so much void in their life. And they're searching and they're searching and they're searching for fulfillment in all types of things. But can I tell you this morning, there is only one place where true life can be found and true peace can be evident in our lives. And it's still in Christ. I want to ask you this morning, how fulfilled are you today? How, how, how filled is your life today? I want to submit this question to you this morning. Can you truly say that the decisions that you are currently making and that you have made over the last several days of your life, uh, have they been made due to you being spiritually minded? Are they just things that you're trying to bring about change in your life because there's areas of your life that you're unhappy with and you feel like there's just too much missing? I'm not being mean this morning, but I'm here to tell you today 
that as men and women of faith, uh, it is not about what we obtain in the natural realm that brings fulfillment to us. Uh, But I will tell you, we have too many people today sitting in the house of God Sunday after Sunday that says, oh, we love you, Jesus. Uh, But in their heart, uh, they are still trying to figure it out and trying to do their own thing. The Bible is very clear. We are instructed that the carnal mind is the breeding grounds for death. And Paul clearly states this morning that an individual that is in the flesh cannot please God. And if you and I are in a place where we're not pleasing to God with our lives, uh, notice with thee, that means this, uh, that his blessing and his favor is absent, uh, which means this, there is a lack of anointing present in your realm. uh, And that means uh, there is an absence of life and peace. uh, And I have to tell you this morning, uh, it is still only the anointing that breaks the yokes of bondage in the lives of humanity. And it isn't just sinners that deal with strongholds and bondages. But men of God and women of God, they have to battle through spirits of oppression from a demonic kingdom that is always seeking whom he may devour. This morning, if we are not living in a manner that is pleasing to him, then we must self-examine and say, what is it that we need to change? In order for there to be fulfillment in our lives, we must follow the instructions of Scripture. That is not legalism, but that is God's prescribed order. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 2 says, Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. Matthew 6.33 has not changed for any generation before us, nor will it change for a generation now. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. I want to ask you this morning, I knew you wouldn't shout me down this morning. And I'd like to preach something a little bit more encouraging. But please hear me. If we're not careful, everything else in our life has been first this week. And then we walk into the house of God. And we have gotten so comfortable with our religious routine. It is good for us to be here today. Biblically, we are instructed that when we see what's going on in our world, we should do it the more so, not the less. So it's good for us to be here today. But we have gotten so used to just the formalities That we come in and we think this is just all that's required of us. But we are here this morning so that we could be edified and equipped to be the church out there this week. And please hear me. There's a world out there that's dying and going to hell. And some of them is your family. But our lives are so scattered. Our lives are so consumed. 
And yet we're trying to bring peace and joy. And even while I'm preaching this morning, some of you are already, your minds is already someplace else. And you're just saying, well, I hope, I just don't feel it this morning. Uh, I, I'm just going to sit here and endure till he's done. But listen, uh, your mind is full of carnality. Uh, you're, you're too consumed about everything else. Uh, and if you're not careful, there's not been one spiritual thought this week about Calvary. And then we want to blame the preacher or the singer or this department or that department and say, well, I just don't feel the convicting power of God anymore. I just don't feel, listen, uh, could it be, could it be, uh, uh, could it be the simple fact uh, that we have gotten so accustomed to living a life of lack uh, that we no longer what we realize what we can have a life of peace and joy that passes all understanding. Please notice with me the promise that we find in Isaiah is this, uh, in Isaiah 26 and 3, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Uh, why? Because he trusts in him. Is there an absence of peace in your life this morning? I'm not being mean this morning. Please do not interpret it that way. Uh, But the Bible says that he will keep the man or the woman in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. If there is no peace this morning in your life, maybe your mind needs to be changed and altered. How does it become changed and altered? Uh, It's coming back to a place uh, where we're in the presence of God. Uh, How do we do that? Uh, By spending time alone with him. The decisions you made this week when you made them was your mindset on things above or was they things just around here? Notice with me, we must be heavenly minded in this moment of time. They began to sing about heaven. We don't talk about eternity like we used to. We don't preach about heaven. And we seldom talk about hell because it's offensive. I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit offended me. I'm thankful that it made me stop and check myself in my life. Can I tell you, there is some things that needs to shake us to the core. I, 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 I wish this morning that we would understand that Things hasn't changed, but the word of God is still as it's always been that death will come. And then after this is the judgment. What's that mean? It means this. For the man of God, the woman of God that has their name written down in the Lamb's book of life, they will stand before like what you would say an Olympic judge and you will receive the rewards for your labor. I want to ask you, what did you do this week that would receive a reward in the kingdom of God? What did I do this week that would receive a reward in the portals of heaven? How many people did we witness to? How many times did we share our faith? How many people did we extend a helping hand to? How many, how many did we try to, to, to steer to a place of life and peace and rest that we know that we can have in Christ? Or was we too scattered? Was we too bogged down to just say, well, I just got to make it through another week? Hear me. A life of peace 
is a life that you and I should be living. For the one who is spiritually minded, there is a reward of blessing that is granted to him. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter number 12, most of you probably can quote these two verses. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I have to ask this morning, and I know I'm asking a lot of questions today, but I have to ask, did we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God this week? Or was we just so busy trying to make a living or trying to get this thing checked off of our calendar and that thing checked off of our calendar just to end up in a state of frustration and anxiety and emptiness. And all of the while you're saying, I just, man, I just, I'm hoping it's different. I need it to be different and I, I desire it to be different. But can I tell you, until we become men and women that once again are spiritually minded. Now, what does that mean, preacher? To be spiritually minded means to have your life and your mind stayed upon the work of the cross. Can I tell you this morning, the cross is still the place of power and authority and deliverance. It's the place of hope. It's the place where you can begin to dream and realize that, you know what, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As men and women of faith, we possess the ability to walk differently than those of the world. But you and I have to come to the realization that the definition of success that God has is much different than the definition of the world concerning success. The world will tell you that if you don't have a six-figure and above income, you're not successful. The world says if you don't have letters before your name or after your name, then you're not as successful as you should be. The world will tell you that if you live in this neighborhood or if you, or if you live in this part of the nation, then you're not successful. But if you could ever get to this level, then you've really obtained success. If you could travel here, if you could be part of this group, or if you could be a part of this elite group, then you've obtained success. But the word of the Lord says something totally different. He says to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, he says, Joshua, the word that I'm giving you, he says, if you don't stray to the right of it or to the left of it, but if you walk therein, you will have good success. How many knows that his word is right here? Everybody today in our culture is saying, man, I just need the Lord to give me a word. If God would give me a word, if God would give me a word, if God would give me a word. I don't know how many more words you need. You can only retain so much. And this word right here is life. It's full of strength. It's full of direction and guidance. Can I tell you that this word right here, it, it, it'll take you to a place where you can begin to live in the midst of a dark world. It's a place that can take you to a place of health uh, in the midst of, of trying times. It's a word that can get you to a place of miracle working power. It's a word that can bring you to a place of the anointing that breaks the yokes of bondage off your family, uh, off your community. This is a word that can bring revival to a backslidden nation. This is a 
word that can teach you how to be a banker in such a manner that you can walk in a place where you're not full of debt uh, and, uh, and enslaved to others, uh, but you can be the giver and not the borrower? Can I tell you, this word is the word of life. Uh, and you and I have to understand that when we get into this word, we will begin to live. Uh, and when you begin to live, uh, you begin to live in a realm that others are not living, uh, and there begins to be a peace that passes all understanding. Uh, that's why in the midst of everything that's going on in this world, uh, I can still lay my head down and sleep uh, because I know uh, in whom I have believed. Can I tell you, I am not going to go down in defeat. I am not going to go out of here not in victory. Uh, listen, uh, it doesn't matter what may take me out. Uh, what matters is that I know uh, that those uh, that die in the Lord never really die. Uh, that means uh, I'm not going to live uh, here and die and live again, but I'm just going to keep on living. Uh, listen, uh, I have a hope and a promise uh, that when I am absent from this body, uh, I become present with the Lord. Uh, Listen, uh, you got to stop worrying about all this garbage. Uh, listen, life's going to happen. Uh, you're going to go through some stuff around here. Uh, but greater is he that is in you uh, than he that's in the world. Uh, there is no devil in hell uh, that can take your life, uh, that can take your victory, uh, that can take your joy. Uh, because there is a peace uh, that passes all understanding. But you only live there when you become spiritually minded. Hear me this morning. Let me remind you, Paul writes to Timothy. He said, Timothy, I'm getting ready to leave this thing. But you're going to carry this thing on. But I need you to remember something. God, notice he said, not man. He said, but God hath not given you a spirit of fear. But he's given you something. He's given you power. Love and a sound mind. How did he know that Timothy had a sound mind? It's because of this. He knew that Timothy was spiritually minded. He saw something in Timothy in such a manner that he said, listen, uh, if you read on, he said, and then later he said, you got to stir up that gift that's inside of you because I know it was in your grandma, I know it was in your mama, but I perceive that it's in you because I remember what happened uh, when the presbytery laid their hands on you and received something. Uh, he said, you got to stir it up. Uh, and when he's writing here, he tells him, uh, he said, listen, uh, don't let a spirit of fear come around you. Uh, you can rise above it uh, because there's a power and there's a love and there's a soundness about you. Hear me. It's our responsibility to take over the thoughts that enter into our mind. You cannot control the things that run through your mind, but you can control what stays there. It is proven that if a thought comes into your mind and you don't cast it out in five seconds, you will be, it will begin to alter and affect your life. You have five seconds every time that discouraging thought comes in to announce it down. Listen, as soon as the enemy brings something that's vile and full of vomit in your life, in the name of Jesus, not welcome here. In the name of Jesus, not welcome here. When that thought comes in and says, well, we ain't going to make it this week, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. When the enemy says, oh, you, you don't, you, you're going to be short. No, no, in the name of Jesus. Listen, he provides. It is our responsibility. 
Paul writes to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, listen, you got to remember the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What a powerful, powerful statement. One may ask, how do we really accomplish such a task? I'm so glad you asked. Philippians chapter number four, six and seven tells us, be careful for nothing. Now that doesn't mean to be careless and not use wisdom, but it means this. Don't, don't be, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Get this, and the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Can I ask you this morning, why are you so troubled? Why are you so distraught? Why don't you smile like you used to? Why don't you let your hair down, those of us that have hair, and just have a good time? Why is it that we're so stiff? Why is it that we're more bitter than dill pickle juice in our lives? And why is it that we're just looking at everything, like trying to find fault in everything because we're unhappy and if God would have been better to me and if this hadn't happened in my life and if this hadn't happened in my... And listen, can I say this in all of the love that I have? You're just going to have to get over the disappointments of yesterday and start living in the peace that God has for you today. Listen, there is things we will never understand. But there is a place that we can get when we're spiritually minded and say, God, I'm going to trust in you. It's not about what I see, it's not about what I hear, but it's about what I know that your word says. Friday night, I preached on healing. And we prayed God began to move in the altars. There's a young man, his name's Ethan. He came up to me afterwards. He said, preacher, and he's a little fireball young preacher. And he said, I've got a, he said, it's not a big thing. It's not a big thing. But he said, I had an injury in my, in my hand. And this thumb is all different than this one. And, and you could see significantly it was balled up. And he said, it don't move. It don't work. And he said, I, I, I just would like for, he said, it, it's, I, I can use it, don't really bother me. But he said, I'd just like for God to do that because I'd like to have a testimony. He said, I want a testimony that God can do something for me like that. And I said, well, do you have faith right now? He said, I have faith that Jesus can do anything. And I said, do you, do you have faith that Jesus can do anything right now? Because see, there, I felt I was in the place of the anointing of the Lord in that moment. And I felt a peace. I wasn't 
anxious. I just felt a peace. And I said, and we were sitting in the back of the church. And I said, give me your hand. And I gave his hand. And I just laid my hand. And I said, Lord, right now. I said, he says he has faith that you can do anything. And he says he has faith you can do it right now. I said, God, I have peace that you're going to do it. Be a testimony to this boy. By that time, his thumb popped and he began to move it. And he said, preacher, I ain't been able to move that. And I said, well, God's just going to continue to do what needs to be done. What I tell you, there's a place of peace and strength you can live in where you don't have to say, is God going to? Is God going to? Is God going to? No, God will when we walk in that place of being spiritually minded. Can I tell you, there is nothing too hard for him this morning. That thing in your life that you think is too big, that you can't get beyond when you begin to become spiritually minded, there begins to be a life of peace that begins to come in and it begins to overshadow you. I'm trying to hurry. I know you're bored and I'm having too much fun. It is only through us continually putting our faith in the cross that we're able to really get to a place where we can be spiritually minded on the level that we need to be. Notice with me. The reason for much disappointment today is not because of evil. No. We have been led to believe by those who have taught us through their limited understanding that this thing's about you and I, but it, it's not about you and I at all. It's about him. Notice Philippians chapter 2 says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and, and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, been of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strive and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you this morning that we are to be servants. We are not to be people walking around looking to be served. In our culture today, unfortunately, it's made its way into the local churches of America we're just looking for somebody to serve us. Can I tell you, when you're looking for men and women to serve you, they're always going to disappoint you. Because you're always going to find something to not be pleased with. I'll be this transparent with you. This is how all of us are, and you don't tell me that you're not, because you all, it's just our, we're human, all right? I sat at a very nice restaurant last night, and I had really good food. But they just served me too slow. It wasn't fast enough for my liking. Now, they served me, and that girl worked her hind off for all of us. There was 15 of us and four babies. How would you like to serve 19 people at one time? And she worked and ran and worked and ran, but sometimes it just don't go as fast as we'd like. And, and I left, I said, the food was good. I had me a New York strip steak. It was good. It was good. 
But there was a level of disappointment. Why? Because why? Because I was depending on others to serve me. Is it possible that we're coming to the house of God week after week after week expecting somebody to serve us and we keep walking away disappointed because we're carnally minded instead of spiritually minded? That's why some of you are going to walk out of here disappointed today because you don't think pastor served you good enough. Because while you're sitting here this morning, you're carnally minded. You have been on spiritual, your, your thoughts not been on the cross, not been, on, not been about the miracle working power of God, not been about souls. You're just trying to make it. I'm not being mean. I'm being real with you this morning. I'd ask you to show your hand, but I won't do that this morning. But how many of us actually wept between the porch and the altar for the lostness of humanity this week? How many of us wept and cried because our brothers and sisters in Christ across this globe was tortured and beaten for the gospel this week? I'm going to be with people this week that's been beaten for the gospel. Just a few days ago, not 20 years ago, but a few days ago, they was beaten. They took razor blades, cut their skin, cut their body all over them, poured salt in their wounds to watch them squirm and scream. That wasn't enough. They stripped them down in front of each other, did horrible, vile things to them, and videoed it, and then released them. They're not quitting today. But no, they're saying we must tell the world about Jesus. They're in a place of life and peace today. The reason for much of our discontentment today in the American church is because we are possessed with obtaining more. I'm not against blessing. Please don't misunderstand me. I need you to hear this preacher this morning. More money, more fame, more trophies, more promotions, more likes on Instagram, more followers on social media, it also works. It's never going to bring you fulfillment. It is only when you become spiritually minded that you're ever going to obtain peace. There's a void in every one of our lives that can only be filled when Jesus is present and center. Please hear me. David prepared in abundance. Solomon led and labored and built the most beautiful structure that man had ever seen. But it was still empty of the glory until they went and got the Ark of the Covenant and carried it and put it in the oracle of the house. The Ark is symbolic of the presence of God.
It wasn't until Solomon becomes spiritually minded and said, we have to have the ark. It wasn't until he was spiritually minded that the glory came in such a manner that the priests fell down and could not perform their duties. Can I tell you, it was then that peace came and the glory came. But it was only when the spiritually minded began to move. As they come to the music this morning, I have to remind us in Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know? But I, the Lord, search the heart and I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Notice it is only when we come to the place where we're willing to allow the word of the Lord to guide our lives in every area. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. There's an enemy that would love to destroy you, destroy your family, destroy your future. The enemy will tell you you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do this and you need to probably do this. And also, once you try to get yourself involved in this, and what happens is you become so distracted. Allow me to say this to you. You can get so busy doing good things that you fail to do the things that God has called you to do. Several years ago, I was, I was approached by many different people and I, was, I had a hard time saying no and I still have a hard time saying no. Especially if it's something good, but I found myself sitting on this board, sitting on that board, been part of this and part of that and part of this and part of that, and I was just everywhere. And I was exhausted. And I found myself more, frust more frustrated than fulfilled because I was obligating myself to all of these things. And while they were all good things, and I still support many of those things just in a total different capacity. Because some of those things, that's not what God called me to. That's what they called them to. And I can support them. And I'll hold up their hands. But that's their work. That's their lane. And I had to learn those things. But it wasn't until I got my mind back and I become spiritually minded and I began to focus, this is the lane that God has. Then I began to have a life of peace. Does that mean I have a perfect life? No. I deal with stuff, maybe a whole lot more stuff than a lot of people realize. I deal with a lot of stuff. But even through the stuff, there's a peace. There's a rest. We must do the following this morning. Everything that I've said brings me to this point today. First Peter chapter 1. Wherefore, verse 13, gird up the loans of your mind, be sober, and 
hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I need you to see him this morning. I need you to see him for who he is. Not just as salvation, but he's your healer. He's your deliverer. He is your strength. He is your butler. He is your comforter. He is your everything this morning. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust and your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. What does it mean to be holy? Does it mean I have to wear a dress a certain length or I have to wear a certain color shirt that I can wear a tie or don't wear a tie or my hair can't touch my ear or my sleeve has to be here? And, and, and No, 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 no. Listen, if somebody wants to live by those standards, that's them and God, I'm not going to speak against that. God bless them. I believe in modesty. And I'm going to stand for modesty. But being holy is this. Don't miss it. It's a person, place, or thing that's set apart for nothing other than the service of God. So if you want to be holy, it means you have to be 100% in. Not 99. You used to say 99 and a half won't do. A lot of truth to that. If you're going to be holy, if you know there's a gifting and a call in your life today, why are you waiting till you're 55 to step into it? You might not be living at 55 because you don't have to be old to die. God called you and gifted you for such an hour as this, so why are we not doing it today? Why are we not preparing for it today? See, I don't have a promise. All I have is today. I have a promise that he's with me today, but I have no promise for tomorrow. So if I'm going to touch my community, I have to do it today. If I'm going to reach my family, I have to do it today. If I'm going to make a difference, I have to do it today. How do I do that? By being 100% in today. He says, be ye holy for I am holy. I don't think he can get any more holy than he is because of the simple fact he paid a debt that he didn't know when he could have called 10,000 angels to come and pull the nails from his hands and his feet he, he said no I'm going to stay here because I'm holy I'm all in I'm all in I'm all in for you and because of that this morning you and I can stand with our shoulders back and our head high and say, not today, devil, and not ever, because my God's bigger, and he's more than able. You're not going to take my peace. You're not going to take the peace from my family, not from my children, not from my home. No, 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 no. You're not going to do it. Because why? Because I was redeemed not by corruptible seed, but by incorruptible seed perfect lamb of God please notice when we put our faith in Christ that then we receive life and when we taste of life 
it is then that we experience peace. You say, but that's all wonderful and grand preacher. And I'm, I promise I'm leaving you with this right here. Paul wrote this. You say, how in the world am I able to have a spiritual mind? You don't understand my life. You don't understand everything that's going on. Here's how I can stand here with 100% confidence and tell you you can have, be spiritually minded. Is because there's something inside of you that maybe you don't know is inside of you. And Paul says it very clearly in 1 Corinthians 2 and 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But the last part of that is your victory. But we, who? The church. But we have the mind of Christ. When he come on, took up residence in our life, there is something that he brings with us that we can have. He gave all of himself. Meaning that we also have the mind of Christ. Now if we have the mind of Christ, we begin to look at things differently. We don't look at things as others do. And when we have the mind of Christ, we begin to know this, that we are overcomers. That we are not defeated. We began to see things as he sees them. I believe he said something along these lines. He said, I saw old Lucifer fall. I wish somebody had seen fall. Because there's something today you and I have. It's the blood of Jesus that's been applied to our lives. And that blood has never lost its power. And there's still power. There's still power in the blood of Jesus. As we stand all over the house this morning, I heard it said this manner, in this manner. I listen to this old preacher sometimes. He's always got things that just stick into my mind. And he's one of those guys that, just gifted to have some of those one-liners, I call them. And it just penetrates your spirit. But S.M. Lockridge, preaching a message, and this is what he said. He said, you must come to the place where you understand that the robe of righteousness is not altered to fit man, but the man must be altered to fit it. See, I walked in the other day to a store and I said, you got, a, you got a jacket this size? And they said, yeah, I think we do. And I said, what about the pants? And they said, well, what size? And I tell them. And they, they bring me out pants that was 10 sizes bigger. And said, try them on. I said, they ain't going to work. He said, they can be altered. And I said, no, I done been around that mountain before. They get so big, you can't be altered unless you cut them all apart and put them all together. See, if I was going to take that thing home with me, it was going to have to be altered, tremendously altered. And we're so used to people altering things to fit us. But I got to tell you something. This thing doesn't get altered to fit you. We have to become filled, uh, altered 
to fit into that which God's created because it's a prescribed order. But if you will allow the Holy Spirit to alter your life, not this preacher, not my opinions, but if you'll let this word alter your life, I'm here to tell you this morning, there's a robe of righteousness you can slide into and you will experience life and you will experience peace. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many would like to have a week that's filled with peace? How many would like to just feel that infusion of life? I'm telling you, I don't care how many Red Bulls you drink this week. It ain't going to get you the energy that you need. Y'all crazy. And you're spending $7 a whack on those things now. Well, come on now. We can build a lot of churches for that. Listen, the energy... The life, the strength, the fulfillment. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Ladies, your husband will look attractive again. Your children will be (laughs) altogether lovely. They won't be on your everlasting nerve. It changes the atmosphere of your life. Things that seem so large become taken out from the magnifying glass that the enemy has put there and you find out that that thing that's been walking around saying I'm a dragon and I'm going to destroy you, you'll find out is nothing more than a grasshopper. And you say, why in the world didn't I squash that thing? Please hear me. There's life and there's peace this morning. Not making light of the disappointment. Not making light of the struggle. Been aware of it. But you can't keep going through life living in the what ifs and the disappointments of yesterday. Because God has given you life today. And he wants you to be filled today. He's got brand new things for you. Quit holding on to that junk from yesterday. Listen, there's brand new things. I'm thankful for the anointings of yesterday. I'm thankful for the past that I crossed yesterday. But I'm, I'm excited about the present. There's new life. There's new joy. Listen, when you become spiritually minded and you begin to just keep focusing, things just happen. You don't have to make it happen. It just happens. And I really believe this this morning. God's got some things he wants to make happen for you. I feel the presence of God in this room. I know it's a little different this morning. But I'm here to tell you, God's got some things for you. A life of peace and rest. Every head bowed, every eye closed just for a moment. You'd say, Pastor, I've heard you this morning. I've heard the voice of the Lord this morning. 
you'd say, you know, I need God to bring me some peace. I, I need God to bring me some strength. You're battling through some disappointment, some hurt, some uncertainty today. But you'd say, preacher, you've been talking to me this morning. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand up, put it right back down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This morning, I believe there's a breaking that can take place in your life where you can begin to experience a peace like you have never known. But it all begins by the simple fact of us believing that we can obtain that in the finished work of Calvary. Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for watching today. Please feel free to like and subscribe or find us on our other social media platforms. And we pray God's blessings your way. You have a great day and we'll see you next time.